regardless of the rules, he gets away with another one. You're having conversations as a, as a contracted employee of a team with another with another team. W- where do they do that at? Like, w- what are we doing? I, I don't understand. How you get away with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what you know about Benchmark? They're speaking the facts that you wanna hear They rep a jersey, the vision is clear Diamonds glisten like a chandelier You know what I'm here for, like Michelle Lynch At clutch time, we do not flinch Real brothers, we do not switch Hit home runs with the right pitch Who run the city? What to do when they hating on you? I feel like Kobe 2010 Taking an L, all I need is a win This is his business, you know how they go They playing the seats, now it's time to grow Tune in now, gotta be in the know Showtime, bitch, my body blow We know Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob ENT. We are back for another episode, episode 204. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, follow on all streaming platforms. We're on everything IG, Twitter, TikTok, all of that. Miles, smooth operator, Davenport, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, boys. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. Greg, Mr. Hot Takes Debate, your mother sends me fresh off of a vacation, living his best life. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm great. I was on vacation, and the Mets proved they're the best team in baseball, best team in baseball, honestly, uh, and certainly best team in New York. Uh, that goes without saying. So I, I'm, I'm definitely riding high. Let's ride, Miles. Let's ride. oh man so deshaun watson six game suspension i'm gonna set the court and then i'm gonna pass the rock to get y'all thoughts and opinions on what happened with this real point guard teams right here suspended six games the nfl is going to appeal the suspension going for hopefully a year long and the NFLPA is already being assumed that they will come with the stance of, hey, Robert Kraft ain't get any punishment. And he was actually caught on tape for his situation with the massage parlor. What's y'all takes on the six games? The NFL stepping in, trying to get a year long. What was y'all takes on this Deshaun Watson situation? Well, I mean, if he gets just six games, it sets a bad precedent for the NFL as far as what, how do we determine how long a player should be suspended? Because, I mean, this is a guy who's dealing with up to 30 allegations of sexual harassment, assault, and it's not exactly like it just went away. Like, it shouldn't just go away. Like, We've been talking about this for the last year now and for it to all culminate with a six game suspension where he'll get that full $46 million. He'll play pretty much like 80% of the games. That's it's not. And it just shows that pro athletes kind of get 
a pass in, in some of these scenarios where they do something wrong, but because they're in, you know, a higher class than your average Joe, they're not going to have to deal with the consequences. So I think Roger Goodell, they had to file for an even longer suspension because six games, what is that? I'm sure that's what Kamara might get for knocking dude out at the Pro Bowl. So if Kamara is going to get that and then Deshaun is going to get that same suspension, I don't really see how those two are evenly matched when it comes down to punishment. I, I think the precedent's already been set by the NFL before this, before this whole thing. And that's, that's the problem. That's what gives Deshaun Watson the leg to stand on in all of this is that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had his situation. I think he got suspended six games and then it got decreased to four games. If I'm not mistaken. I think that's what happened uh, from what I'm reading. I'm, I've been reading the whole time. But and that was with one person, though. That was the one per- Well, two, one person. two. Two. Well, multiple people come out and accused him. They, he was only being he was only being tried by the NFL for that one person that, that accused him at the time. But since that's happened, multiple people have accused him of sexual assault. Like, it's just, it's just he, he, he had a thing going on. The NFL just caught him on one of those things. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, with one person, I understand. So when you have 24 suits against you or 25, however many it was, and have 60 different massages and masseuses, um, you know, it, it, I understand the, the, the natural inclination to give him a more steep penalty and more of steep punishment. It makes all the sense of the world. Um, but, I, I mean, yeah, you, I think the NFL is hypocritical. I think that they're doing this because of what, the, what the perception is going to be on the outside, right? They're not doing this for the sake of morality, right? They understand that they're going to upset a lot of women and they have a big women fan base in the NFL does. Women watch football. It, it's a real thing. So, um, you know, I think they understand that, but also, you know, it's, it's, fun, it's just crazy to me because, you know, you're going to go through with this, this long, this, what, you, you think indefinite suspension is what they want to do about a year. I heard 12 games was the rumor that that's flying around out there. They don't, have, they, they, they don't want him to play in Houston. NFL reporters are going out there and saying, tweeting and talking about it. And they're saying that behind closed doors, sources are saying that these guys are suspended for 12 games. Uh, he doesn't play in Houston. So that way the backlash, you know, isn't crazy. They don't want, they don't want that, that backlash from the shield, right? It's about protecting themselves and the brand and the image. So he'd come back after that game, which would be week 13 is the idea that's happening right now. Um, and, and so it's all done from the wrong place. I guess for me, I think everybody knows this is the obvious but it's, this isn't about taking a stand against someone who did something wrong. It's more so about punishing him because they have to punish him. They wouldn't. I mean, NFL teams have signed guys like Greg Hardy who do grows in the power of guns. All types of crazy stuff happened. Lawrence Taylor was doing God knows what playing for the Giants back in the day. And he, he stood up every single Sunday. The guy could have killed somebody. Ray Lewis might have actually killed somebody. And he still showed up to work uh, and played. You know what I mean? So it, it it's... It's um it's crazy. Like the NFL just continues to disappoint everybody in that regard every single time. They're, they're always gonna let you down. If you're talking about morality, it's never about that in these situations, and that's just more clear. It's about the business, right? Deshaun Watson is gonna be a major attraction in Cleveland, and Cleveland has a big rampant foot football fan base. They want nothing more than that thing to pop off. So, you know, it, those are kind of my my initial takes about it right away. But I do think that Deshaun has a case to make. Unfortunately, yes, because it is because the it's, it's the NFL's fault. He shouldn't have a case to make. He's clearly wrong. He should be suspended for the whole entire year, if not more. But because of the fact that you didn't come down hard on Robert Kraft and he was getting 
his Gucci at uh, some, some random spas in, in Massachusetts, and you, you didn't come down on the owners hard. You didn't come down on Roethlisberger that hard. Okay, now Deshaun's and his, and his lawyer are going to come down, come up to you and be, and make those cases, and that's going to be the reality of it. So <laughs> Miles make me laugh on the camera, but. It's... <laughs> <laughs> but that's the reality of it though that, that's really what it is you really i mean he has a real case that a real case can be made um for him and just because of the precedent the nfl set with previous situations that are like this maybe not as severe right not as many women but like this so also if goodell has the final say over this and can just come down and make his ruling then what's the point of having an arbitrator what's the point of getting sue l robinson involved i don't understand like, I, I don't get it. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe it's because they want to cover themselves legally. But if Deshaun sues them, he's going to be able to play anyways because it's going to be a federal law, a case. And he can he can d- delay the suspension and play the entire year. Um, probably won't do that because if you don't play this year, you lose $1 million. If you don't, if you don't play next year, you delay it, you're going to lose like $40 million. So I just think I, it'll be interesting to see what he does if he sues them or not. That's be interesting too on the aspect of the NFL because they have multiple cases still going on right now. They got John Gruen suing them. You still got the ultimate big case of Brian Flores suing them. They have multiple cases where dealing with stuff with like concussions. Like they have a lot of stuff going on in court right now. And basically where this is headed, it's like they're going to pile another case on onto the docket that they're going to have to deal with. The NFL. So that's a lot on a plate. I am very intrigued to see where they want to go with this because the big picture, this is the typical performative stuff of the NFL. You don't really per se care. And we see that in the big picture because as you, as we all mentioned, president was set with Robert Kraft, which then brings up the conversation of the owners versus the players. We mentioned, Miles just mentioned, you know, the players they're on a different tax bracket, different class. They get away with a lot of stuff. The owners take it to another level. Stephen Ross violated anti-tampering policy on three occasions from 2019 to 2022 with conversations, Tom Brady and the agent for at the time, Sean Payton on the Saints. The NFL even came out and said Hey, we found no evidence that the team intentionally lost games, but the offer of $100,000 for every loss was not to be intended to take in serious. Even though it was said in jest, Goodell said it shouldn't have been said. So the only punishment he's going to get is the 2023 first round pick he loses another pick he loses, and for the six, seven billion worth, billion dollar worth owner, he gets a $1.5 million fine. Boom, huge punishment. I think precedent is set right there also. Some of the owners do the same exact thing the players do, and the punishment is nowhere near as harsh. What was y'all takes on this whole situation happening with the owner of the Dolphins. Unsurprised. I, was, I wasn't surprised to hear about it. Yeah, there was a lot of smoke around this earlier on in the offseason anyways about um, Tom going to the Dolphins and, or like him retiring out of the contract with the Bucs 
and then going to the Dolphins afterwards because Giselle wants to be Miami the entire time. There was so much smoke about it after the season. And as it, as it would turn out, it's because uh, Ross has been <laughs> behind the scenes trying to grease the skids and get this thing set up for the longest time in terms of time headed there. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not remotely surprised by this at all. And I'm not surprised by the punishment of the NFL or the lack of punishment by the NFL. Again, I mean, you're asking an entity to, to punish the, the guys who keep it running, right? I mean, the, the owners have more power than Goodell at the end of the day. They, they sign that guy's checks. So I'm not giving the, the NFL an excuse. I'm just saying that it's a pretty corrupted system if you think about it. I mean, it's made, the, the owners made it in a way where they could get away with murder and there's nothing the NFL could do about it because at the end of the day, they keep that thing afloat, right? Um, we never, it's, it's the hardest thing in the world in any sport, including the NBA to get an owner up out of there. Donald Sterling, that wasn't an easy process. That it wasn't an easy process. If the league wasn't 95.5% black, then he would have still been the owner of the Clippers today, right? I, I think that's the reality of it. And he was the owner of the Clippers for the longest time while being racist, right? Like he'd been going, getting away with it for God knows how long. So across sports is a problem. It's a, it's a problem. The lack of diversity in ownership and also the, the way that owners operate and the power they have, the power imbalance between them and the league. So I'm not surprised by it, but also, all right, that's the boring stuff. The fun stuff is what, what the, why is Tom Brady not being held culpable for this? I know that Miles is Tom Brady's attorney, and so he came to the chat the day and let me know. You're his attorney. There's facts, though. What I said, facts. Shout out, happy birthday to Tom Brady. This is interesting. This is all coming out on his birthday, but go ahead, Greg. I like, I can't even say what I want to say because we can't curse on the podcast, but (laughs) Miles. Yo, Miles came to his defense in the chat and let me know that you know Tom Tom did nothing wrong. There's no technically by the rule. It's not about Tom. It's any player. If if they did that to Daniel Jones, I hope they wouldn't suspend him. <laughs> Daniel Jones would never do that. That guy is a guy. He goes to church every Sunday. Yeah, he's, he's treading light. He's got to tread light. His standing is not guaranteed in this league. He's treading light. So <laughs> I think yeah, we won't be tampering anytime soon. Yeah, all right, whatever. Your quarterback's over here tampering with his with his mom's friends. You were talking to me about tampering. Hey, that's that's goat that's goat stuff, right? There. It's really not. <laughs> You're not touching your mom's best friend, so let's leave it alone. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Todd, this guy, what's his name? He thought he was on Pornhub or something like that. Uh, Zach. We just start calling him porn star Zach instead of porn star Jimmy. But the, I, yeah, I mean, look, Tom again. Regardless of the rules, he gets away with another one. That's 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 the legacy. That's the real hold up here. That's the real reason that you're upset because you absolutely he gets away with everything. If it was absolutely. Russell Wilson, you'd be like, all right, let's ride. Yo, you're not yo. getting suspended. No, <laughs> <laughs> I do I do agree with Greg on this one though. It takes two people to tango, and he was having a conversation with him. So there should be some type of culpability, some type of responsibility to Brady. Like, you know, these conversations are not supposed to be had, and you're engaging in the conversation. It got to be something. I, I, I don't think they'll suspend him or nothing, but he got to get hit with a fine. He got to get hit with, you can't play a quarter, right. something. something. You were having a conversation. If you was cheating on your girl, it's not, you can't just go at the girl. He's you in the contract. Go. He's in the contract. You, you're, having con, you're having conversations as a, as a contracted employee of a team with another with another team. W- where do they do that at? 
Like, what, what are we doing? I, I don't understand. How you get away with that? They, it doesn't make any you sense. Under, you under contract. Look, you do that. Go talk to somebody else. Go talk to another company at your job while still working there. You probably not going to have your job. If they knew about it, if they find if they, out, they found exactly. out. Exactly. And if the NFL found out and did nothing. You see what I'm saying? Because there's some weird rule that protects Tom Brady. Okay? Like, it don't make no sense. It don't make sense. The rule says, if you are Tom Brady, we're not going to find you business. If you're anybody else, to hell with you. That's what the rule says. <laughs> you know that's not the truth. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that with Tom, bro, like, Tom can survive any controversy. Tom can do whatever he wants. Tom can go anywhere. He can do anything. And get away with it. Tom had a Make America Great Again hat in his locker, front and center, smiling, cheesing. No, nothing, nothing, just fine. I had black people. Noah, Noah Stevenson was defending that man. I'll never forget Noah's defending that. I will never forget that. I had black people defending that dude. Yeah. He had the Make Girl, he had the he had the MAGA hat, front and center, cheesing, thumbs up and everything. Wow, bro. It's crazy, man. I, I, I wish we were all Tom. I agree. It should have been some type of punishment. Now, I know what you're saying, Miles, about the rules, but you can't do stuff like this. You can't be literally having the conversations of talking about retirement and then getting ownership state while still playing for the Bucks. Like, that's, that's, that's top five, just wild. This joke is throwing passes to Mike Evans and Grump, texting after the game, like, yo, so about that ownership state. Well, that's the thing. When you hear about tampering, you don't hear about it in a, a player sense. You hear about it and like the owner or the coach or the GM doing something behind the scenes, which is what happened here. Yeah. Right. But, what? but you have to take into account and it, the, with tampering. I understand it's usually a team going at the team somehow tampering with the player and all that stuff for the player in this case we know he was he was he was playing he's playing right along he went right along with it not every time we hear that right like donovan mitchell wasn't going wasn't like flirting with the knicks it wasn't happening he you know not that we know of but tom was flirting with miami that's what tom was doing so we know that so this should be some kind of punishment it should go it should work both ways it makes sense that you can punish the team for that but you can't punish the player for that that makes zero sense you know what he was doing he was operating within the rules wow stated. Wow. Put a, I need you to put a picture of Clarence Thompson's in his head, bro. <laughs> Yo. Or the picture you outside. For, uh, for you guys, right? So if y'all was the the Bucks teammates, you Mike Evans, you Leonard Fournette, you you the coach of the Bucks. What's y'all thoughts of this information coming out? Do you feel like he's committed? Do you feel like, oh, we was his backup plan? Like, what's your thoughts if you were his teammate? If you was his coach, if you're Bruce Arians up in the, the front office now hearing these hearing this news, what's your thoughts? I mean, clearly he's at the end of the road. So even if he were to go to Miami or if that was even something that could happen, he'd have like, what, another year left? He's not going to play any more than a year. I think this is his last year. So I think it was something that would have happened – after last season for one year, kind of like some Brett Favre and the Jets BS. But I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I would be mad about it just because it's Tom Brady. We won a Super Bowl with him. He did what he was supposed to do. Like when Brown came back to Cleveland, he brought Cleveland. 
<laughs> this is for you. That's what Tom did in Tampa. That's what he did. So they got to be appreciative of what happened. Because, I mean, Fournette was on his way out the league. Mike Evans had Jameis. So you got to be grateful for what you got. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I, I think everyone kisses Tom Brady's ass. I'm being honest with you, and that's why I think that. That's why I think that Miles is right. I don't think anyone in the room is upset or looking at him with a real side eye because, like, oh, it's Tom Brady. They, they treat, they, 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 treat, they treat him like he's Jesus, bro. They treat, they treat Tom like he's Jesus. That's, that's, that's how they treat him, bro. He's got a real Jesus complex about him. I'm telling you, man. That, that's how they treat him. I'm just being honest with you. Like, if you think about it, like, there's no, he can do nothing wrong. You would think the guy could walk on water. That's what you would think. You would think you shake the guy's hand. Your credit, your, your credit score goes up 500 points. You would think that's how it is. That's how you think. That's how they treat Tom Brady. So, I, yeah, I, you know what? I think Miles is right, but I think it's dead wrong. I think it's, I think it's wrong. You know, the only guy in there in the organization who's mad about this, who's more mad than anybody else, is Bruce Arians. Because Bruce Arians didn't want to go upstairs. He didn't want to go upstairs, but he's upstairs right now because Tom Thomas wanted him to go upstairs. And so they'll do what Thomas tells him to do. And so I think that's what that's the only person who's up there with the, for the Arthur, you know, the Arthur meme with the clenched fist. The only person who looked like that right now is, is Bruce Harris. I thought Bruce Harris could punch that guy in his nose, he did square in his nose. I'm sure he would. And I and I am all for it. <laughs> Transition to the NFC East predictions. Give me y'all records when I say these teams. We're gonna start off with the Washington Commanders. What's their record gonna be this year, Miles? Uh I love, how he, I love how he did that. Like, why are we talking about the commanders? I can agree with that, though. That's fine. <laughs> I'd say 7 and 10. They're not, they're not really a, a good team. They got Carson Wentz, who's a step up from Heineken. Um, but they didn't really do much to improve. Like, they, they drafted Jahan Dotson, who's pretty good. Him and Terry, that's going to be a good combo. But the QB position's always been the issue. And Carson Wentz, each year, has just been sputtering out of control. Like, everybody thought Indianapolis Dark Horse Super Bowl team last year, they got smoked by the Jaguars. It, not even Urban Meyer-led Jaguars, but it was a team that super mid. Back-to-back years of having a number one pick. So you get smoked by them when it should be a, a walkthrough not really giving me much hope for Carson Wentz moving forward, moving forward. So I think, I mean, you got Chase Young coming back off injury. Yeah. Six and 11, seven and 10. I mean, this division sucks. So I don't have much hope for nobody. Miles saying that is funny because, you know, Miles a fan as teams in the AFC East which has been the worst division in football. Tom got to just bully y'all. Tom, Tom came over there and, you know, did whatever he wanted and, and, and just ran to the AFCs for years. Most of my life, we're talking about the, the NFCs being the worst division in football, which I don't even think is true, by the way, by the way. But um, who's, the who's the worst? Is it, the, uh, it. No, it's the AFC South. No, wait, wait, is it with the Colts? And who else is in that division? Titans. Titans. Titans are good. Titans are good. Okay. Those are two good teams in that division. Colts and Titans. That alone defeats my argument. I'm wrong. I'm just wrong to begin with. If you say those two teams, I'm wrong. But, you know, usually they suck. It's just the way it works. You think the NFC South? Atlanta, New Orleans, the Bucks. No. I think that's better. 
NFC is just going to have a mid-off this year. So, it's really funny because the Saints aren't going to be that good, but it's okay. The Saints aren't going to be that good. I'm not a believer in James as your starter. I'm just not a believer. I'm sorry. I mean, he gives you might, game speeches, but. We'll you see. might have something with AFC South, though, because the other two teams in there are so, like, so abysmal. It might balance out because you got the Jags and the Texans. So. Come on now. Like, usually it's, the, usually it's the worst. Usually it's between them and the AFC East being the worst. The AFC is, you know, the Jets, the Jets played a big role in them being the worst. You guys have a lot of weight in that. You should be proud of yourselves. But um, anyway. So the, the commi- I the, the first com- record in the NFL in the last 10 years. So <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing. But continue. My two, my, my two rings, my two, my two rings carry me. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got two, I got two, two rings. The commanders then, their record is going to be what? Ah. <laughs> uh, they got the worst quarterback in the division by a pretty substantial margin, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think Carson Wentz is any good. I think he's exactly what, you know, I think he is what he is at this point. We're not talking about a guy we're developing anymore. He got with his guy Frank Reich and it didn't work out there. So, you know, I, I, I'm over it. Like, I, I don't understand why the car, why the uh, commanders went ahead and did that. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. You had a better, Heineke, you just rock out another year and then go get your guy in this great quarterback class, right? Of quarterbacks that are coming up in this draft, you go get your guy, you wait. They didn't do that. Um, they didn't make many, really many big signings, right? I mean, uh, Dotson's great. They, they obviously, you know, made sure they kept McLaurin around for the long haul, which is great too. Do some money at him to stay in Washington. But, um, they have a good old line. They have a good run game. Um, if when those when teams stop the run, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna falter. I think they'll win about six or seven games, eight games tops. Um, I think it's kind of where I, I'd see six to eight. It's kind of where I see for them eight being like best case scenario. Uh, if everything is going well and that they're running the ball down teams' throat because the offensive line is good, so it's just a matter of you know can teams stop the run against them? Because once you do, you're gonna have Carson Wentz throwing dropping back and. Gunning, and you know he's gonna throw the ball to you at least a couple times a game, or in the big spot, the big spot, because that just seems to be what he does. So, yeah, I'd say that there'll be about a average to below average team, six to eight wins. I, I trend more towards the six. Um, I think that they're gonna have to see some other teams in the division that are gonna be really happy to see Carson Wentz walk in the building. I know for damn sure I'm ha- I cannot wait to play against Carson Wentz. Exciting! I was so happy when he been signing. It'll be a good time. I got them at five and twelve. See, damn. Carson Wentz. That's that's all I gotta say on that. Carson Wentz. I think they'd be better off with Heineke, but typical Washington Commanders nonsense. Going to the Eagles, we already talked extensively about Jalen Hurts, but uh, what we think their their record gonna be? I'm going at nine and eight this season. That's a very fair fair record. I've been hearing teams say. I heard on ESPN. I heard Dan Orlowski tell us say that he uh that Jalen Hurts is going to be the best quarterback, could be the best quarterback in football. Or like it was it, or was it Dominique Fox, Foxworth, one of those two guys. He said he could be the best quarterback in football. He had the best numbers in football because he's, he's in the best situation in football in terms of the offense he's in with all the additions they've made. Um, it, yeah, nuts. That's the look on my face exactly. I, I, I think that I'm, I'm going with like, yeah, I'd say eight, nine. They, ten wins, ten wins is it, it would be could is, is in the cards for them. I, I think because they run the ball so well, their offensive line is so good, and they have the Jalen Hurts. He adds a different dimension to their run game too, which is going to make teams. You know, they, they're going to make some big plays. They're going to be a good team. I think, you know, best case scenario for this football team, I see an eleven win season. I can see an eleven win season for them. Um, I think it's fair. I mean, if I'm being really fair, like I could see that. But I think they're going to lose games they shouldn't lose. If that makes sense. 
I think you're going to, there's going to be games where you're going to need um, Hurts to drop back and win you a football game and he's not going to be able to do it. So throw some picks because that's just, you know, I, I hate to bash him and, you know, he's black. It's a bash black quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, he's just not that good. And, 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 and again, another guy that I'm not scared of, like when he walks in the building, I'm not, I don't fear him. That's a Giants fan. He puts no fear in my heart being in this division. He's a guy I'm happy to see. So I think they'll, they'll be a solid team. I think they're going to have some nice moments. And I think at best they'll win 11 games. If I if they win any more than 11 games, I'd be shocked. Seriously. But I, you know, they have a, that, that team's ceiling is, is because of their quarterback. They, you know, it's really what it is. Jalen Hurts is the ceiling. Yo, that exact line on YouTube Reels, the YouTube Shorts, piss somebody off. Whenever you got a chance, I'll send it to you. Read the comments. Some dude was like, you need to learn what he said. He said, you need to go back and learn the importance of, like, how it is to be Black in America and what Malcolm X was saying. Oh, wow. Yeah, you piss somebody off. <laughs> 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 Bro, it's legit about, like, 18, 19 comments on this dude upset and i'm just putting laughing emojis and he getting even more and more mad like more mad like i, I think he thought it was you responding because the way he was coming it's like coming left in the comments it's it's, it's funny too guy i literally qualify everything i say about jalen hurts by saying i i don't like saying this because he's black i want nothing more than to say something say nothing good about the guy but i just don't think he's that good like i'm just being honest i don't think he's that good like, I, I can talk about dak prescott and talk bad about him all i want but he's a really he's a really good quarterback at the end of the day. Like I, I can't really question the play on the field, you know. Like, but with with Hurts, there's just a lot of there's warts in his game. There's just warts in his game. Like him pushing the ball down the field, he's just not that, that accurate doing it. And it sucks to say that, but it's just true. You talk about Lamar. I don't know why you talk about Lamar. You're talking about that guy, Jalen Hurts. Maybe it's because he's a little bit lighter than him. I don't know, or because he has, doesn't have hair uh, twists. Maybe that's why Miles doesn't want to come at him the way he comes with Lamar. Miles Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Oh boy. What you got the Eagles at, uh, Miles? <laughs> I got them at 10 and 7. 10 and 7. I think that's a fair. Like, this team hasn't gotten any worse than they were last year when they, you know, got into the playoffs as a wild card. And the hope is that Jalen improves as a passer this year, which I think this team is built off of the run. Like, they pass off of the run. The main goal is to run it as much as they can, but. They added a weapon in A.J. Brown, who's supposed to, you know, elevate the passing game a little bit. And him, Devontae Smith, they got Dallas still, too. I think this is a nice core of receivers that he has. So I don't think he has to be, you know, Peyton Manning or Warren Moon. But I think he'll he'll put up good numbers, and this team is going to win some games. And, I mean, he's the second-best quarterback in the division, which – it's not saying much, you know. He's really you not. got you got Dak, you got Jalen Hurts, and you got Tyrod, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, and then <laughs> Heineke. Heineke, Heineke. Yeah. Yo, this guy is the most disrespectful person in in, in in sports media, easily. Over here pushing that nonsense. Hey, look, I, I'm telling you, Hurts isn't that – it, it almost fatigues me talking about him just because I'm like, I, I don't know what people see. How could you say he's the second-best quarterback in the division, honestly? Yeah, you, you watch that guy and you're impressed? Like, serious? Are you really impressed with Jalen Hurts? What it's about Jalen It's an all-around game. You know, he could throw it a little bit. Throw it a little bit? He does, 
what he does off, you know, platform where he runs it a little bit. Off platform, what do you mean? Like he throws off, he can throw the ball off platform platform because he's not good in the pocket, right? And even that, even off platform, he's not like he's putting everything in your chest. He's not that good throwing the ball, which is the main prerequisite of the job. It's like, it's like, it's like me being a chef and saying I can't cook. You know, we only had one, we had one year to really go off of, right? What do you mean? Oh, was was last year's first year? I'm missing something. Pretty much, yeah. Because the year before, what he had, he just didn't get a chance to play. That's what it was. I mean, I just wasn't his first I, full season as a starter, bro. He get to throw a practice every day. That year he was off it was a redshirt year, and from who who I saw him be in college to who I saw him be that first year he played football, I just was really underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed by him. I thought he could be good, and then I was quickly. I was like wait like the big moments like the way when defenses do elaborate stuff when they disguise coverages when they when when they play man to man and make them throw in the tight windows it just isn't there it's just not there it's just it, you know it, like i don't see it i don't see it so i think the next quarterback they have hopefully he's black and i think he's good then he'll, he'll make it work with all those great toys and weapons they have and those guys and uh, Devontae and smith and all them guys you know how i feel about Devontae Smith. i want him no better worse than anybody else i want him so much on the giants but I think uh, as far as this Jalen Hurts experiments goes, you have a ceiling on your team. That's just the way I feel about it. And I sure as hell don't feel like he's better than the quarterback over in New York. He, either of them for that. Say time. his name. Either of them. Say his name. Either of them. Don't be either ashamed. Don't be I don't ashamed. Than, I don't think he's better than Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. Either one of them, to be quite honest with you. I'd rather have Tyrod. Tyrod was playing great football last year before he broke, before he broke something. No, something. you're right about that, though. I would rather have Tyrod Taylor. All right. Thank you. So, come on now. Like, I think both of them are better than him, but we'll talk about it. Cowboys, what's their record this year? I say 12 and 5. That's crazy because I got them at 12 and 5 too, but you go ahead. I think the hope is that Trevon Diggs improved in the offseason to help improve that pass defense because we can't have too many of those big plays happening against this defense. It improved. You got Michael Parsons, but that's one of the holes that you have on that team. And then you lose Amari Cooper. Zeke is on his last leg, it looks like. And now Dak kind of has to prove himself all over again. So this is going to set up for, you know, I wish they were doing hard knocks this year, not last year when Dak was recovering. This year would be a lot more fun because there's a lot more pressure on guys to perform like CeeDee Lamb. First round pick. Now you're stepping into the number one role, Dak. You got to earn that money that you got from, you know, Uncle Jerry. So we we got to see something from all these guys to make plays. Zeke, you got a huge bag, and you've been exceptionally mid for the last year and some change. So I, I can't. They're gonna be a good team, but it's not one of those teams that I want to see on TV every week, unless you're, you know, Troy Aikman, but that's the only person I could see really wanting to see this team, but I got him at 12 and five. I got him at 12 and five. And one of the names you didn't mention, that was a huge loss on him, Randy Gregory, huge loss on him on edge rusher, D line, whatever position you want to put him at. That helps Michael Parsons. Now that D line, they're pretty decent, but that main star is Michael Parsons. So we're going to have to see this season 
how Michael Parsons does. I think he's going to be getting a lot of double teams. Let's see how effective he still is because we're talking about top pass rushers, the Aaron Donalds of the world, the TJ Watts of the world still produce while getting double teamed. And they also help stop the run. Michael Parsons takes his game to the next level if he just does more than just being a pass rusher. If he's able to help stop the run, all right, now you're complete top-tier player on the defensive end. But, Greg, how you see them boys doing? Uh, I mean – America's team. <laughs> that even a good thing? Uh, but uh, I, I – I think they'll be good. I, I, I mean, they're a good team. I hate, I, I hate to give them credit, but just being impartial, I think they'll be a good team. I think, obviously, I do think that they took a step back. I mean, if the goal is to win a Super Bowl, I think you took a step back. I, I, hearing Jerry Jones talk about the team the way he does, which is always problematic, but hearing how he talks about the team, I understand why they let Cedric Wilson walk or why they're willing to lose him. Because the idea that they have now is, hey, we want to run the ball. We want to be a run-focused team and then pass off of that. You know, and, and, and frankly, I think that that's the best way to approach things. I think that's the best way to handle things. Um, they're another team that if you can stop the run, Dak is really good and he can beat you. Yeah, he can. But the lack of weapons, your, your, the, the fact that your defense took a step back, like you mentioned with the D-line taking a step back because you lost Gregory, that's that's big. That's big, right? Like, where's that production coming from? It's not him, you know? And, and Michael Parsons is, is, is amazing, amazing talent. He's going to be great no matter where you put him. I understand that. But like, as you said, he's going to be looking at some double teams and there are some really good old lines in the NFC East now. Like every old line got better or was already great. The Giants old line is no, is no walk in the park anymore. Not the way it really works. So it'll be interesting to see how he does against double teams. Cause you're obviously going to see that, but I think they'll win anywhere from 10 to 12 games too. I, I think at worst 10 games is kind of where I see them kind of bottoming out. I think they're a 10 win team in the NFL. If they are not a 10-win team, uh, McCarthy's going to be packing his bags and headed back to Wisconsin and, look, you know, watching football tape all day, uh, like he said he was doing before. Because that that's there's just no excuse for anything less than 10 wins. The team's too talented to do anything other than that. But, again, I, I, I have my questions about them defensively. I do think you can you can expose them defensively. I have been telling you all I don't think Trey, Trayvon Diggs is that good. I think he's an incredible ball hawk. I think he's a guy who can who gambles and does a great job gambling, and that makes him a, an all pro and good player. Yes, what I mean by I say what I mean by saying not that good is like you're not in the echelon of like a. Uh, oh, I'm I forget my man's name. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Um, or or you know the Stephon Gilmore's of the world and cornerbacks like that. So I you know or. I just, I just don't, I don't really see that. I don't see him being great in every phase of being a cornerback. He's not great in every aspect of it. And so I think he can be exposed too. When you go, when you're over aggressive, double moves, double moves will get you. And I think that teams will take take advantage of that too. So, and, and now teams have more time to do that. You could drop back. You don't, you don't really, you know, you don't have Gregory on chasing you. And Michael Parsons maybe doubled. And uh, the other guy, my other, Lawrence. Marcus Lawrence, yep. The, the level of play just kind of plateaued. Right, since the contract, we just we just seen a little drop off in him. So you have more time to sit back in the pocket and let it a double route, a double move develop and exploit digs. So there's a lot of concerns about that team. I, I I'm I'm never particularly high on them, but I'm really not high on them right now. So that's kind of how I feel about it. They're, they'll, they'll be good though. They'll be good. That's I hope Cowboys fans enjoy it. Enjoy the regular season ride. 
postseason will be heartbreaking again. I can definitely see that. I see them, the 12 wins, because they do have the 31st toughest schedule. So they got a pretty easy mm. schedule this season. Last but not least, the G-Men, New York football giants, will be what record this year? Miles, start it off. Why should I start it off? I want to hear what, you know, Mr. G-Man himself. Yeah, don't have Miles start it off, please. There's no reason to start it off with nonsense. The the, the way this is going to work with the New York Giants, um, it, it's, 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 I'm, I've been fighting with this for days because I don't expect much, right? I don't expect much. I'm not going into the season expecting. I'm not doing what I did last year. There were there were people. We need two. We need a clip of last year and, and this year. And that's fine. Do that. I don't give a damn. Listen, the, <laughs> there are people around the Giants. There are people who cover the Giants for a living who thought that team last year was going to be good. They just you know they they believed it. But what we didn't all take into account was that Jason Garrett was the guy pulling the strings on the offensive side of the ball and never going to be screwed before it started. So we all overlooked that major factor, okay? I do think this year the Giants can be a better team, but the bar is not very high, is it? So, you know, for me, the biggest thing about the Giants isn't about the wins and losses. It isn't. It isn't about making the playoffs. That's not it either. It's really solely about, okay, Daniel Jones, what are you? Like, what what are you? Are you who I think you are? Or, or, or are you who you who everyone says you are in the football world without, without without actually watching you? By the way, I think it's a funny thing. No one watches Daniel Jones. They just see the fumbles and you know, and like they don't they don't watch him. They don't see the good. There's there's good there. There's, there's talent there. There's first round talent there. But it's a, you know what are you going to be with a better offensive line? Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, <laughs> Miles. It's kind of a great age role. Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal. You know, you got them close on the line. You got Glowinski from the Colts. Uh, Colts always have great old lines. You bring him in, you plug him in. Feliciano comes in, understands the old system. They have a lot of good things in the offensive line. I think they're going to be a much better team on that side, on that side of the ball. I think they're going to run the ball better. Saquon Barkley, from all accounts, looks like he's Saquon Barkley again, like the guy we saw coming to the NFL. Apparently, he's that's he's him again. He's him again. I still don't think he ends up staying with the Giants long term. I think the Giants will move on. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way it works. I don't, I don't see them keeping him. Um, I don't think he fits in the vision of what they want to do, and they don't want to pay their running back like, like the Cowboys paid Ezekiel Elliott. And now the Cowboys are planning on paying another guy, Pollard. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But regardless, that's kind of what they, they – you know, they don't want to follow that move. So I don't think he'll be here, but I think there's a lot to look forward to. Wondell Robinson looks like he's really, really good at camp, making a bunch of plays, and Kadarius Tony is Kadarius Tony. I don't, that guy, if he just stays in the field, he's going to be lights out. He's that talented. So Daniel Jones has a lot to work with. So long story short, I could talk about the Giants all day. I think that team, I think best case scenario for me, I'll predict eight wins. Best case scenario uh, is eight wins, I think. And, 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 you know, I think worst case scenario, we're looking at six, six wins. Oh, I, I, and I think six wins would happen if there was a lot of injuries, by the way. I, you know, I would think another Daniel Jones injury would have to happen. I think Daniel Jones will play his best ball though. I think Daniel Jones is going to be at the end of the season will end up being the second best quarterback in the division behind Dak. And I think everyone's going to universally accept that and understand that by the end of the season, with Dayball being there, with the offense in place. A lot of the problems I had with the Giants last year was the offensive concepts in place. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't play to Daniel Jones' strength. This year, they're going to do that. And from all accounts of camp, that's exactly what it looks like. That's exactly what they're doing in this new offense. So, and Dayball is an offensive genius. 
and Kafka's an offensive genius, the, the offensive coordinator. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Daniel Jones go on his revenge tour and finally take an air, take an air dump on everybody who's been talking trash about him. I'm very excited. You know what? You, you should pull up the clip of Steph Curry taking the air dump on the Cleveland Cavs logo after he hit that three in the finals in like 2017 or whatever it was. It, it, he hit it on Iman Trumper and pulled his pants down and, you know, did the whole gesture. That's what I think Daniel Jones will end up doing to every, all the critics this year. I think he's having a good year. Um, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't, I have to acknowledge the fact that it could, it might not happen. Then there's a lot of great quarterbacks in this draft, and I'm excited about the future either way. They build something that an, another guy can take to the next level and win and make this team a winner perennially. But I think that I think Daniel Jones is going to be our quarterback long term. I hope I'm rooting for him. I think he will be. There's a lot of reasons for you to think that. Same Daniel Jones podcast though, so it's fine. You don't got to talk about it in detail. I can give you my reasons if you want. I got seven. Keep going. Keep going. I got them at seven and nine. Um, and free Iman Shepard. You just brought him up. Free Iman Shepard. Go ahead, Miles. Nah, Iman think he he's still playing on the shy. He's a plug now. But um, yeah, I think six and ten. Well, six and eleven, seven and ten for this team. I think, like Greg said, they're not going to be as bad as what some people might think. But that's mainly because. Even if Daniel Jones fails, they do have a proven commodity in Tyrod Taylor who can kind of level the ship moving forward. So if worst case scenario, he's. he's I have to say this, Miles, I don't think there's any scenario in which Tyrod Taylor plays unless Daniel Jones gets hurt. That's just that's just I'm just being honest with you, bro. I don't think I don't think Daniel Jones plays his way off the field. If Daniel Jones gets hurt. Almost since his rookie year, he's either been awful or hurt. So it's like that's just not, that's just not true. <laughs> that's just not true. That's inaccurate. The, the 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 first year he he played here, he had a damn good season outside of the fumble. What did I just say? I said ever since his rookie year, he's been either hurt or ass. It's like there's no in well, so between. so we're not gonna add context to it. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, you're just gonna say that we're not gonna add no context to it. Jason Garrett being the offensive offensive corner didn't matter. The fact that Neep Solder was washed and letting guys run right past him, he was a turnstile. People have bad coach. breaks. Sam had Adam Gase as his coach oh, for two bro. years. I don't want to hear it. Daniel Jones is objectively better than... I'm playing into the wrong guy. Daniel Jones is objectively better than... Sam, the Daniel Jones and Sam Donald comparison is nonsense. He's objectively better than that guy. He's tougher. He's a better throw to football. He's a better pocket passer. He's a, he's a better player. He's a better athlete. He's a better player than Sam Donald ever was. I don't even want to hear that. I don't even want to do that comparison. It's nonsense. By the end of the season, Daniel Jones will be a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins. Um, who else? Jimmy Garoppolo, who will be seen as a better, better player than him. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, mid-tier quarterbacks. Who are we talking about? Guys in the NFL. Marcus, Mar- Marcus Mariota, uh, Ryan Tannehill. He'll be better than all those guys by the end of the season. He'll be considered better because that's really because they both want to get the best out of him. And they put a damn good offensive line in front of them now. I think a much improved one, at least a league average in an NFL line. And you have an all pro on the left tackle side, Andrew Thomas. He's going to be an all pro. And Evan Neal is going to be a guy who's going to make all rookie first team. He's going to figure it out. He's going to be a damn good player. He's, a, he's got that kind of pedigree. He's super talented. He's going to be blocking for Bryce Young. You see, you see me? You see, I see the vision. Next year is. By the way, if that's how this ends up, I will not complain. 
I'll pour, I'll, I'll, pour some, I'll go out to the backyard and pour some Casamigos with Daniel Jones. If, if, if we end up having to have Bryce Jones be our Bryce, Bryce, whatever his name, Bryce Young be our quarterback. That's totally fine. But I'll, if you feel comfortable paying Daniel Jones a lot of money next year, if he has a, a somewhat good season, because you declined his option. There's no like, all right, he played well this year. Let me see it again. It's like, no, it's boom or bust. Let me, let me put it to you this way. If Daniel Jones throws anywhere from 27 to 30, any, anywhere over 27 touchdowns, I'm okay paying him whatever he wants. And the fumbles, you don't fumble more than five times. Five times, I can live with that. And that's way too – five times is too high. But if you don't fumble more – You really had to think about that number. I did. I did. I hope he's – the fumble thing – we're done with the fumbling thing. But, um, yeah, I'm willing to pay him if he can go out there and throw 27-plus touchdowns. The Giants win – seven, eight games. You win eight games I, I, it, it, with this roster, you might earn, you're going to earn yourself a, a, a more time here. I think that's just the reality of it. But we'll see what happens. If the regime tells us they believe in him, they might be lying to me. Where I can't, I, no one in the Giants is safe. It's the most uncertain team in the NFL. Everyone's playing for their job. So they may, Daniel Jones might go out there and throw 27 touchdowns and the Giants move on anyways because they love the kid from Kentucky, Will, Will Levis, Levis, or they love uh, the Alabama quarterback, they may move on regardless of whatever happens. So I, it's tough. It's a really hard situation. I just hope he goes out there and plays well and puts his best foot forward and we see what happens. But I trust Joe Shane and this guy. I do. Well, how soon can they move off of Kenny Galladay too? Because I don't know how that's going to work out. But I think there's, there's a natural outs in the contract. I'd imagine after this season, we could start to talk about it. Right? I think he had signed a three-year deal is what it was. So he'd be, this is year two, he'd be going into his final year of his deal. So I think after this year, if you really didn't like him in the offense, which they may not, by the way, even though I think Kenny Galladay is a good player. I don't, last year is not indicative of who he is. God, Garrett didn't do a good job of utilizing that guy and utilizing him to his strengths. You did everything wrong with him. So it's just not fair. You know, I think he'll play damn well, but I, I do think he might not be a fit for what they try to do. They try to get fast, shifty receivers who can run routes and the route technicians, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the mold. That's why you got Wandell Robinson. That's why you got Kadarius Tony. That's why they love him. Like, those guys fit with the Giants where they're, where they're going. And a big possession receiver at 6'5 doesn't necessarily fit that. So he might be gone after this year, too. And, that, and look, if that happens, that's fine. I'm going to trust the regime. I'm, whether they – whatever happens, I'll trust them. I want to see I want to see it through. But um, I think he'll play well, too. I think he'll have a much better season. I think he's going to have a big year. I do think he'll be much better. What do they call him? Baby Tron? <coughs> baby, baby Tron. We won't see Baby Tron this year. Disrespect. Pro, pro bowler type guy. He was – he was he was killing over in uh in Detroit, killing, killing, killing in Detroit. When he was healthy, a monster, monster. That's so, all they do in Detroit. They kill. There's there's no enjoying yourself out there. <laughs> so he had to do. He had to do what he had to do to get up out of it. We're talking like like we're talking about Detroit. We're talking about Chicago. Are we gonna talk about Chicago? I understand it's a damn war zone. Detroit, <laughs> you're all right. You'll be. I mean, just be, go to the right place. He had to play well to get off the eight mile. That's what it was. <laughs> Trust me, he'll have a big year. Him and him and Jones built some built some uh, some chemistry. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a big year to work together. Your coach Miles mentioned and praised Joe Flacco, saying that he should be a starter. Mm. I want to go down the list of who you want backup quarterback edition. Joe Flacco. And I'll list some of these backup quarterbacks in the NFL that are considered in the top tier category. 
Joe Flacco or Tyler Huntley from the Ravens? Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, the, the, the sample size of Tyler Huntley is too small. Joe Flacco or Tyrod Taylor for the Giants? Probably, I mean, just for the, you know, dual threat, I would take Tyrod. I like Tyrod. Tyrod going to win you. Tyrod going to go out there and do, he's going to win you like eight, nine games. you got a competent team around him. He's damn good. I like Tyrod. I know. I'm excited for this QB competition. Yo. There's literally no competition. Don't, there's no competition at all. There's, there's <laughs> not a competition happening. <laughs> Tyrod. <laughs> Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton of the Saints. Oh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, Gardner Minshew of the Eagles. Joseph Flacco. Joe Flacco, Teddy Bridgewater of the Dolphins. Teddy. Joe Flacco. I'm taking Teddy. Taking Teddy too close. It's just good for dancing at high school games and all that stuff, you know. Let's ride. Let's ride with the cheerleaders. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really like Teddy. Why? He's he's mid. Like he's not really that good. He's never been that good. But I mean, if you want him on the Giants, this is the opening. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you better hope your quarterback's not throwing bounce passes. You're talking like Zach Wilson was a sure thing or something like that last year. I didn't see that. When, he, when, when the bull threw the ball five yards, he's throwing that thing in the dirt. So let's see what happens. This yeah, because he was throwing to Joe Dirt. That's what happened. <laughs> Joe Flacco, Jimmy G. Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. Man, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. not back in the NFL, He can't be a backup in the NFL. I don't see it. Last one. Played pretty good last year in short amount of time. Joe Flacco or Geno Smith of the Seahawks? <laughs> Joe Flacco. He's very familiar with Joe, Geno uh, Smith. He's probably the best quarterback in Jets history. Hell no. He was with y'all for, for a little bit, right? He's the one who uh, broke Eli's streak. So he'll, he'll he didn't go, break he didn't break the street. That's not how it went down. He'll either. go down in black history as the man who broke Eli Manning's all-time streak. <laughs> You're right. He's going on black history because he's black and he's history. He's not with the Giants anymore. He's out of here. <laughs> Transition into baseball. We kind of talked about it last week with some of the trade deadline predictions. Some happened. Some stayed. Soho, Soho, Soto got traded to the Padres. The ceilings for the Padres now is what? With having... Juan Soto on the roster. Well, if Tatis comes back healthy, it's it's kind of World Series or bust for them right now. Like they got him, Soto, Manny Machado, and they they got a good pitching staff too. So, and then they got Josh Bell as like a throw in in that trade, who's having a good season. So good season throwing. He's hitting like three hundred one and fifteen home runs and like. 50 plus RBI he's having a great season but okay. he was throwing in that deal because the Nationals they're trying to tank they don't want him they wanted to clear space for some of their younger guys so but Fair yeah enough. this team this team is if they get everybody healthy and clicking at the same time I think this is a World Series team right here I would think so too if they weren't playing in the same uh, conference or 
the conferences that the Mets play in. It's just it's just happenstance they play in the same one as the Mets do. I, I don't think their pitching is good enough to take them to the World Series. You ask that you can have all the bats in the world. Look at the Yankees. Have all the bats in the world. Your pitching's not good enough. You're not going to get there. It's just the reality of it. So I don't I don't I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not buying it. I think they're a great for splash. They're a great splashy team. These teams don't do anything in the in the in, in the MLB. When do when does that happen? The Dodgers, historically, even with the Mookie Betts of the world and all those great bats that Max one season and, and Justin Turner's, yeah, great. They have great bats, but it, they win with their bullpen, with their pitching. They're phenomenal. They got a bunch of great arms, and it, get, it carries them through the Rays. The pitching carries them through. That's what happens. So, and, you, and, and they don't have the big names. They don't have the superstars. They don't have three super max guys, if you can call them that in baseball. They don't have that. So, yeah, I mean, this, you, you, the expectation, I'm sure, when you do that is to – win the world series but well, i don't see them winning the world series again they don't have the arms they have buzz grove who's really good i think they have blake snell who's really good too uh they had they got hater haters are really good even though he said the n-word we just i'm just i'm just i like saying that whenever i bring him up because he definitely did that but um yeah i mean he's still really good so um you know it, it, they have a really good interesting team but and it's great for regular season splash but i wouldn't be surprised they get knocked out in the first round i, I wouldn't be they don't. I don't think they have the arms to match up with teams like the Mets, Dodgers. Um, I mean, Mets and Dodgers are really the top, top of the top. The cream of the crop, again, L. So, and that's just me. And that's me spitting facts. By the way, you can't really argue with the cream of the crop. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't really see it. But they'll, they'll be decent. They're fun. Perfect transition. Before I even get to that, do you think he ends up staying with the Padres long term? Though, probably not. Well, if they pay him. If they pay him the bread, then yeah. I don't think he stays. I don't think he's if if the Mets set their sights on him, he's gonna be a Met. Yeah, I think he wants to be a Met. He's all chummy and buddy buddy with Starling Marte and the guys in the Mets. They're over here greasing his kids, getting them, getting them ready to come down to and now if that's if they don't take Aaron Judge from the Yankees, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, if y'all get cheap, yeah, if y'all get y'all, you know, you guys don't have any money anymore. You guys are broke. You guys they they, they took the customer. <laughs> that that daddy 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 uh cut the the cord on y'all, so y'all don't get the bread not the same no more. So if 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 y'all don't want to pay dude who's about to hit 60 home runs this year, the Mets will take him. But if the Mets don't take him, then we'll get Juan Soto. I, I think that's how this thing goes. Or we'll get show or get or, or get Otani. Because the guy who drafted him runs our team. And so it's just a beautiful situation. But I I don't honestly I don't think he I, I, I think he'll consider staying. I think they'll try to pay him, but I don't I don't think a small market team, because they are a small market team, can't I don't think they can pay him the way our our guy can. Cohen can pay him. So I just well, feel like, I don't think you trade. You don't trade for him unless you think you're going to pay him. Like why trade for a guy? No, who, you'll pay him. You have the intent of paying him. But do you think he? Did you trade for him and he guaranteed you that he was staying? And there's no report saying that he didn't do that. He he's he's keeping his options open. He lo- these guys. He said he loves playing at City Field. It's his favorite place to play. He said that. And he also is, but yeah, friends that was him saying, "Come and get me," and y'all didn't. So y'all struck out. On well, that. wait, we're about to win a World Series anyways. We don't need that guy right now. He's all right. <laughs> He's auxiliary. He's icing. We don't need icing right now. We need the we need the the stuff that makes the kick stand. Right now, that's 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 bullpen help. That's that's that's, that's the only thing. That's 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 it. The Mets are gonna are a complete baseball team. We'll talk about them though. I don't want to take the thunder away. Perfect I don't transition. Perfect transition though. Yankees Mets. After this trade deadline and after the Subway series, who is actually primed to have a better playoffs? There's obviously a lot there in the playoffs. Who is primed to have a better playoff run? 
I think Miles will go first. So I can tell Miles why he's wrong. Why I'm wrong? Yeah, yeah we're, gonna, we're, we're in a little skid right now. That's it. And <laughs> even with this skid, we still got the best record in baseball. So okay. you can eat a Frank. That's all I care about. All right. Go to a ball game, eat a Frank. Cause the Mets ain't better than the Yankees. That's it. That's that's all I gotta say. Like you guys had your 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 fun at Shea Stadium and you won a couple games. It was cute, but uh that's it. You'll see what happens come come October. I'm so glad this is happening the way this is happening right now. I envisioned it happening this way. I envisioned Miles coming to the table and telling us all that the Mets aren't better than the Yankees and giving us no actual substance to a response as to why the Mets aren't better than the Yankees. So I'll do that. I'll, 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 I will speak to why the Mets are better than the Yankees. And I'll give you all real life. I, I talked about it in the first, first time we talked about baseball on the podcast this year. I talked about it. I said that the Mets have a, the, approach to the, the approach and the way they handle at-bats makes them a better team and the pitching makes them a better team. The Mets are the best pitching staff in baseball, period. DeGrom, Scherzer, uh, Taiwan Walker's pitching like an all-star. Bassett's pitching really well. Uh, Carrasco's pitching extremely well, too. He's got, like, I think he's, like, fourth or fifth in wins in the, N- in the NL, okay? And then the bullpen's coming along. The bullpen's probably the weakest part, but we have the best, we have the best reliever in baseball, and Edwin Diaz. He's the best. There's no one better. There's literally no one better than Edwin Diaz, period. And then you look at the approach that they take to every at-bat. They make pitches work. They don't strike out. They don't strike out. The Mets don't strike out. It's not a thing. They come through a runners in scoring position. We're not looking just to, just to hit home runs. We're not playing long ball. See, the Yankees, they're the Bronx. They're really the Bronx bombers. They're bombers, all right. They either hit a bomb or they bomb out. That's it. There's no other way to put it. That's it. So when, when we played y'all, it, 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 said it happened exactly as I said it was going to happen. You guys were swinging for the fences. You got guys tearing their shoulders and all that crap, trying to hit the ball out the park, missing. Missing when it went over 15 runners in scoring position, I think it was, in that series. That's exactly what would happen against a team with a great pitching staff like the Mets. Some people think the Mets and the Yankees are destined for a Subway Series in the World Series. No, I think that you're going to have a team from the New York in the, in, the, in the World Series, but it won't be the Yankees. It'll be the Mets. And we'll be playing against some random team from the AL who gets through. But I just don't see it. I'm sorry. We'll play the Astros. We'll play the Astros. It'll be, it'll be the Mets, Astros, Series. Yeah. Y'all aren't better than us. Y'all are not better than us. And I, for all the reasons I just stated, y'all are not. Your approach to the plate is terrible. Y'all trying to hit home runs every single time. You got Judge trying to swing out of his shoes every single at bat. He's just trying to hit a home run. He's not trying to do the simple stuff. Hit the ball the other way. Beat the shift. Move the runner over. Sacrifice bump. They don't do that. The Mets do that. The Mets are a complete baseball team. They're a complete team from top to bottom. The only thing the Mets don't have is a lefty reliever that's reliable. That's it. That's the only thing I can say about the Mets that's bad. Literally nothing else. Nothing. Defensively, they're, they're great. They, they, offensively, they're, they're really, really good. Peter Alonso has is making an MVP case. He's going to beat out Pat, uh, Paul Goldie, Goldie Locks. He's going to beat him out. He'll beat him out. He's going to win the MVP. He's, he has the most RBIs in baseball. Or, or, or right behind your guy, Judge, because Judge is hitting the bunch. He's ridiculous. Right there. So that's my case. Tony, you tell me which one was more compelling. Miles telling you just because just the Yankees are the Yankees, they're better? Or me telling you actual well, reason? All I heard was a bunch of flapping of the gums. That's all I heard. I didn't really hear, hear much being said. Um, it's we'll cute. No, we'll no, no, it's, it's cute. It's cute because um, one year you guys suck. Well, not one year. For years you guys suck, and then all of a sudden you guys are good. <clears throat> and now all of a sudden Mets fans got a lot of stuff to say. They got a lot. They haven't seen their team in the playoffs since Matt Harvey was playing Batman all those years ago. So I don't want to hear nothing about what you got to say, because 
It's about October. That's what I'm worried about. It's about October. Tell me what I said was wrong. The trade deadline, we made the moves we needed to make. We got rid of Gallo. I was was getting rid of a starting starting pitcher. The the thing y'all sucked the most at help you guys at all. You went and got traded Montgomery for for Bader. How does that make sense? He's the best center fielder defensively in MLB. Was that so, a problem for you guys or something? Was the, was the defensive center field play bad or something? It's not bad, but what? We want Judge at 6'7", 270 to be chasing balls left and right to break down at some point? No, he's a right fielder. Someone that size shouldn't be running around that much. So to take the ease off him, that's what we did. So he'll be back in September. He'll come in the lineup. He's going to make plays in the outfield. Judge will. Not much of a hitter. Huh? Not much of a hitter, by the way. Okay. How much of a hitter? If he gets on, it's Speedy Gonzalez. So the guy's throwing him out. This guy's throwing him out. This guy's throwing him out. Okay. Well, he gets to cut the hair, so he'll be a little faster. So yeah, that's that's another ridiculous thing to do. By the way, yo, just just be honest. You're not better. You don't. You don't even believe the Yankees are better than the Mets this year. You don't even believe it. You don't really believe that. that Uh, Everybody, everybody's been behind us, chasing us this year. So. Until until we we're unseated as the best team in baseball, I don't I don't I don't got much to say. Y'all ain't got to win against us, and we're gonna go to Yankee Stadium and do the same thing. We're gonna sweep y'all there too. <laughs> we we gonna see in a couple of weeks. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna sweep y'all there too. I'm telling you. We're not. No, not we'll have the Grom and Scherzer go both days, and just we'll, we'll beat the brakes off you guys. It's gonna be the same thing. Y'all aren't gonna score a single run. You guys you guys can't match your pitching wise. We've got the we've got an amazing staff. And the best closer, the best reliever, period, in the sport. The best reliever. His slider's unhittable. No one hits it. No one. You can't even argue with me. The, the Mets are the better baseball team. They just are. They may not have more wins because they play in just a harder, harder division in conference. The NL East is so much harder than that, B, that BS y'all playing. So I get it. Y'all beat up on bad teams. We, on the other hand, have to go play against great teams, or, or really good teams, with lots of talent on them, right? And we take care of business. That's what we do. We got a big series against the Braves coming up. We're gonna take care of them too. We're winning at least we're winning at least three of the five. Uh, what four games? I really, I really hope y'all win the division. All this, you know, crap y'all talking because it's not yeah. like you got a, a huge lead. Like what? What is it? We're 10, playing in a much better division. 11? If the Braves win your division, they'd be right behind you guys. <laughs> if the Braves win your division, they'd be right behind you guys. Thirteen. I don't even know how many games we up by right. Right. You know, but, uh, the Boston, the Boston Dead Sox suck. Okay, who else? The, 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 everything fell apart in your division. Everything fell apart. It's, it's it well, worked out. I can't hear you. I, I hear, you're breaking up. I, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> Yo, Tone, I got him right. I had him right where I want him. The people who listen to this Yo. podcast. It's, it's cool. It's cool. We're we going to see you in October. That's Yo, so what I care about. So when, you're, you're very aware I would, the Mets are better. Like, you're so aware, and it's so funny. You're, 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 you're <laughs> I'm, aware? <laughs> I'm aware? Of what? You're, you're very aware. You know. Of what? You what am I aware of? So, hold up. How much are you guys up on the Braves? Let's check on that. Three and a half. Three, Three and a half. half. Okay. All by right. the end of this week, by the end of this weekend, it'll be five games at, at the least. We'll beat them. We're gonna beat. We're gonna. We're gonna beat the breaks. We're gonna beat them tomorrow. We're gonna beat them on Sunday. We got the Grom. We're gonna win that game. We got sure. I think Scherz is my pitch in this series too. I believe right before the Grom. Yo, don't worry about us. We good. Going to a World Series. Are you though? Going to a World Series. Just watch. You'll see. Last thing before we transition from baseball, do you believe that the Angels will actually retain Otani in the long term? No. No. 
they have to rebuild. They, they've been horrible for so long with two of the best players in the world. They have to rebuild. And so I think, you know, Otani will be a New York Met. It'll be exciting time. They're going to swing and miss on all three. It's hopeful. We won't swing and miss. We, we know we won't swing and miss. Shout out to Steve Cohen or Andy Cohen, whichever Cohen it is. He, he's doing his thing. He's paying the guys that he needs to. But this is one of those things where it makes no sense to go after those guys, especially with the young guys that you have going up. I like Alvarez. We have the best. He's the best prospect in baseball. Antonio, did you know this? The Mets have the best prospect in baseball right now. I'm, I'm aware. But they haven't called him up yet for reasons unknown. It, it, it'll, it'll come. We don't have to rush it. We're going to win a World Series with or without him this year, and then he'll but be part of it. is the worst part of the team. I, I agree, but defensively, they're really good. They're really good, and they, they come through with timely hits. You can survive with them. But I think, I think it may get to a point. No, to your point, though, you may get to a point where you have to bring Alvarez up this year, and, that's, and I'm, I'm rooting for that to happen. You're not the only person that wants to see him. I want to see him, too. He's incredible. Hitting home runs every day. Looks like Judge. Uh, chill out. Chill out. It's like Judge. KD is supposed to be meeting with Joe Sy this week to further discuss the trade that he requested since it's pretty much at a stalemate. Do you think after this conversation we will see kind of a peace treaty? All is good. We're back to loving each other, or is this just a way to try to figure out how can we get you out of here? Uh, based on the things I'm seeing, because I'm, I'm, I'm basically a, a Nets beat writer at this point. Uh, basically, the things I'm seeing, I, I think they're going to come to some peace treaty. I, I, I thought for sure they'd trade them, and maybe Katie's weird. Like, all this might be happening behind the scenes, things I'm thinking about. Like, Yesterday at the Liberty game, um, Josiah and his wife were there and they were talking to Adam Harrington. That's Katie's guy, the guy that Nets fired that apparently started this whole thing. And they were all buddy-buddy with him at the game. So I think they might rehire him. Like, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, and Rich Kleiman was there and he's all buddy-buddy with, with, with the size too. Like, he was really, you know, chumming it up with them. Um, so there's a chance that he comes back because, they're, you know, the market's just not where the Nets want it to be for their return and it doesn't make sense right now. I think that could change. Um, but also I think that KD might see some value in running it back with Kyrie one more time. Like he may want to do that. Um, so yeah, I think that you could easily see a world where he comes back. I think that's probably where we're headed, but I hope that he doesn't, I hope he doesn't back off the trade request. I hope that he does go through with it and that we move off, move away from this because I don't think this is, it's not sustainable. <laughs> it's not sustainable long-term. And that's what matters more to me than anything else. I, am I winning a championship with this team right now? It's currently constructed. They need a, they need a center. So I, I don't know. Um, they need another center, but at the end of the day, like I, I, I just want to build something that the, the fans can really wrap their arms around and know that it's theirs. And I think Jalen Brown would be a great start to that. I think Jalen Brown would be the guy you build a franchise around the fans can wrap their arms around him. You know, he's going to be here. You know, he's going to be your homegrown player. Um, that you're going to root for, right? And he, that, that's your guy. Like, Katie, it's hard to wrap your arms around that guy because you just don't – you don't know if you want to be here or not. The fans can't do that. So, um, yeah, I think he might stay because of happenstance, because of what's going on. But I hope that he just – I hope that what he's going there to do is just tell them, hey, all right, open it up. I'm willing to go to the Pelicans. I'm willing to go here. I'm willing to go there. Open it up so that way it gets get some better offers and we can move this thing forward and 
move on from Kyrie Muhammad to just both of them all together. I'm good with it. But I think they're there to kind of smooth things over, if I'm being honest. I think that's ultimately what it is, too. It's just we're going to piece this up and Katie's staying just because, like you said, happenstance. Ain't no market for you, bro. Danny Ainge messed up the NBA again with getting all of that for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> the trade market is the market is dead now. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be a crazy trade market this offseason. Once that Rudy Gobert thing happened, everything stopped. Everything, Mitchell, everything. Mitchell can't get traded. Everybody gonna get stuck. Mitchell might get traded. By well, the next gonna give him like the next the next will give him like nine picks for him. No, they're not good. They're, they're drawing a line in the sand. They know nobody else has the picks that the Knicks have to give up. So here's the offer. Take it or leave it. Hey, don't knock it. I was talking to a Knicks fan over this weekend. She was not rocking with having Donovan Mitchell. I completely agree. If y'all got to give up all of that, just let it rock out, bro. Even if Donovan Mitchell comes, in my opinion, yeah, I ain't winning nothing either way. So let it rock out. Wait till All-Star break and the Rudy Gobert repercussions will go down and Daniel Angel come to some conclusion and a come to Jesus moment. Like, all right, let me just get Donovan out of here. They're going to win. They're going to be like a playing team next year. It's just Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. Like. It's weird because it, it's – do you keep guys in your team – when you make it clear that you want to shop them and move them around, like, is that sustainable for your basketball team and, and a young team at Utah at that? I don't think Donovan, Donovan's not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, act up. But, like, the Celtics, for example, with Jalen Brown, like, it's a clear again that you want to part ways with him. He's going to be a free agent in the summer of 2024. Do you really not want to get a KD trade done? Like, are you not really going to just do whatever you can to get KD at this point because it just makes sense when you have an unhappy guy on your team? Like, I don't see why Jalen Brown would be happy with the franchise. I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't see why. So I, on that front, I agree. Yeah, at like, this point, at this point, if I'm Jalen Brown, I'm telling my agent, I want out now. Like, it's not I want out. It's not even, a, he was the best player in the finals. He was better than your than the guy you're getting ready to pay $300 million to. Then Jason Tatum, he was better than that guy. And, he comes, his name comes up in trade talks all the time. There are people out there who think that Jalen Brown's better than Jason Tatum. I'm not one of those people, but there are people who think that. And he's outplayed him at various important times. And you keep offering out in trade talks and it keeps getting out there to the public. So he's going to walk. So don't you trade him? Like, don't you just, don't you just, you have to trade him, right? You have to call the Nets back and not get off the phone until you get a deal done. That's the way I, you know, what, what other option do you have, you know? I, I just don't – I don't get it. I, I don't get it. And the, and the Mitchell thing is the same kind of logic. Like, you made it clear you want to trade him. You completely tore the thing down to the stud. You're not trying to win anymore. It's obvious. You can't keep him – you can't bring him to training camp. You can't bring Donald Mitchell. You can't do that. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, it, it's just a toxic energy on a team. He's not going to be happy, and it will be obvious. So you trade him. And I think this works out in, in Miles' favor in all seriousness because – you take the offer from the Knicks, whatever it is, three picks. If it's three picks, you take that and you move on with, with that, with, with Grimes and, and you move on, you know, like, I, I think that's what we're going to, I think a lot of these deals are going to happen toward, and if KD does end up getting traded, we'll see, we'll see what Woj and them say uh, after this meeting. I think it'll all happen towards the beginning of, uh, 
the training camps. I think that's when we'll start to see things start to happen. Bleacher Report put out another one of their rankings that made some people upset, pissed them off. But we know why they're doing it, and we're just going to use it to have conversation. Bleacher Report put out the most dominant players in the NBA this coming season. So we're going to start with the point guards. Just give me your top three most dominating point guards. Bleacher Report has Steph at number one, Luca at number two, and they had Trey Young at number three. I, I would replace Trey with Ja. But the three that they have, I would keep. I'm on board for that 100%. That's the only thing I'm switching out. Get rid of Ice Trey. Give me John Moran. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm all right. I I think that Luca should be higher on the list than he is. That's kind of why I think Luca's. I think Luca's like, as 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 a point guard in the regular season, if this is what they're doing, I I just think he's an almost unstoppable force. Like it's just a guarantee he's gonna get triple double or or get forty points. He just does whatever he wants out there. And Steph Curry, as great as he is, and he's phenomenal, amazing. Um. I don't – I think where we're at now in his career is there's not a drop-off per se, but I, I don't – I think with the way Jordan Poole is ascended and the way they play, it's a little less of like it's, – it's not as dominant on his part. Not because he can't, but because the team doesn't really need him to do that every single night anymore. They've got so many parts, you know. they got so many parts they can get scoring from. So when I think about most dominant, I think about Luca. I think – I do think about Trey. I, I, <laughs> yo – Every night, he's doing whatever the hell he wants to. And, and Ja, Ja's in the conversation because of last year, because of what he did last year. But Trey's been doing this for a minute. Trey's been doing this for the last two seasons. And I think last year, he led the all-point guards in total points and total assists. <laughs> like, so, yeah, he's top three. He's, I think he's top three just based off of the credentials and the numbers. Like, you're talking about Dom, a guy, like, who comes into the stadium, and you know, or the arena, and you know that night he's doing whatever he wants. He's getting 30 and 10. Just going to happen. And he might not even shoot that well. He's going to do it. That's just because he's just that good. Okay? Like, I know Miles get PTSD when think about Trey Young. I know he does, but I know you get PTSD. because he, oh. he, he runs the king of New York. He's the king of New York. Um, but, you know, I, I think that if I had to do the, the ranking, I'd do Luca, I'd do Trey, and then I'd, and then I'd do Steph. Damn, you put Trey over Steph? Yeah. Yeah, I think the way, I think the way that they play – allows him to be more dominant over individual games every night. I think the way that the Warriors play, Steph, just check. Steph can do that. He can dominate. He doesn't have to. So he just doesn't have to. He doesn't, you got pool. You got pool over here, you know, talking greasy to girls in the crowd and getting buckets. Like you don't need, you don't need Steph to do that. Like you don't. So I, that's kind of where my thing is with him. Not that he can't, but you just don't need it. I get that then. From that perspective, I get that. Like it's fair. I get, I get that. Because especially with this upcoming season, Luca probably – Come on now. Luca's going to go crazy. He's going to have to. He's a, he has no one to pass the ball to anymore. <laughs> Christian would. Yeah, yeah. If he's not busy, throw, you know, throwing a fit and leaving the arena because he, he's mad at his coach. And we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that I'm, – I'm not – I don't know how that's going to work out. We'll see. I think it's safe to say Luca's going to be definitely in the top three. He's going to win an MVP. MVP it's not conversation. That way. Yeah. 
Is Stephen going to MVP next year? Probably not. Not because he can't, but because that team just doesn't require that from him. They don't. They don't require. They don't require that kind of output from him anymore. They just don't. They're good everywhere. They got Kaminga, who's amazing. They've got guys everywhere. Moody, who looks really good. Dude, why is like they just have so many weapons? Like they can spread the love. Well, we'll see what happens next season. This was another great episode of the Bench Mob ENT. If you liked it, make sure you share it. Tell a friend. Subscribe. This is going to be posted in clips on Reels, on IG, on TikTok, on YouTube, all of the above. Make sure you show love to it. Engage on the content. But you know the vibes already. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Bench Mob ENT, we out. Peace. Peace.